Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Mamas, welcome to episode 64 of the Aligned Women podcast. This is Dr. Danielle, and if you're wondering why I sound like I have a cold, well, it's because I do. In this episode, you're going to hear just from me, and Dr. Shauna and I will be back together bringing you a new episode next week. Of course, right now, we're taking it easy. It's the back-to-school transition. Lots of families are getting into new routines and schedules. And regardless of if your kids are in school or homeschooled, right now it's the end of summer and a lot of us just want to enjoy those last couple of weeks with our kiddos. So this week we are sharing with you the recording of a presentation that I gave last week at the WAVE in Oakland, California, which is Life West's annual event. And I'm excited to share this with you. There is also a video, if you prefer video, in the Mama Chiropractor's Facebook group. But I think the audio is uh, sufficient because my slides were really not that exciting. So in this episode, I'll share with you the talk. And then next week, Dr. Shauna and I are going to share with you what it was like to prepare for the event, not just as a speaker, but as a mom and a chiropractor and a wife. And then also what brought me home a day early from the events, and again, how that applies to our lives as moms and chiropractors. So I hope that you enjoy the talk, and I'm excited to dive into a conversation with you about it next week. Please welcome Dr. Danielle Eaton. Mary's permission as well, I got to say, 
it's okay that I don't feel like I'm my best right now, but what does that mean that I get to bring to you today? Well, yeah, this is me. This is what I have felt like a lot since my baby was born in January. Not ideal. <laughs> a little bit crazy at times, yes. Tired, stressed out, all of it. And when I think about optimal performance, this is what I think of as optimal. Right? Like, this is my optimal self. These are also before I had kids. <laughs> Some of you are laughing, because you can relate to what happens to your body, to your time, your energy, to your heart, after you have your children. So I've been holding myself to this standard that you see here, thinking that this is my optimal, right? Like, eight years ago, this was my optimal. This is when I was at my best. But how can I be my best now here for you today? And I knew that it was for me to be totally transparent and honest with you about what we're going to talk about today. <clears throat> so I was worried that you would think that I was too fat, too young, too blonde, too nervous, too inexperienced, maybe even too old, <laughs> too whatever, fill in the blank, right, with all those things that are not about you, really, they're about me what I think about myself. So every day, women in my community, and there are some of you here that know this and feel this, you feel the same things, and you think the same things, and if you stop to take the time, you know that those things that you're thinking are just stories, and they're not necessarily true. But what we need to really look at together, not just today, but moving forward, is if almost 50% of our profession are females, and a lot of them are having children, and they're feeling like I feel, and they're feeling like they're not their best, how can we help support them so that they can go out and change the world with what we do with our hands? so that they have the time and the energy and they have the love to give when they feel like I feel right now, which is tired, worn down. Okay, so now that I've been super honest with you about that, <laughs> You can probably relate to this feeling that you know there's tons of messages everywhere that we should be perfect, right? Like, we should never stand on a stage and say, eh, I'll give you my best today, and it may not be the best I had eight years ago or 10 years ago, but I'll give you my best today. This is what happens to us every day, and it's not just for females. I know that it's for males, too. That feeling of, I have to be perfect. It's not about being our best. It's about being perfect. And even though that message is so loud, for many of us, we feel absolutely, completely not perfect. All right, so now that we've gotten that all out of the way, 
I'm going to share with you a different perspective about optimal performance. I'm going to share with you five things that I've learned. Optimal performance is not. And this comes from a decade of practice. It comes from a decade of also supporting other chiropractors in their practices. And really, it just comes from my heart. And I hope that that is important enough for you today. So, are you ready? Okay. I'm not convinced. <laughs> are you ready? Yes. Okay. Here's number one. Always be available. Remember, this is what I said, optimal performance is not. Always be available. When I graduated from Logan, I had the extreme fortune to be selected as a resident in sports and rehab at Logan. And I had a lot of job duties that didn't really seem to fit <laughs> what I thought that I was capable of at that time. These weren't written down job duties. These were things that were just expected of me to do. And one of those duties was to mentor students that were approaching graduation and getting ready to start a practice. So think about how crazy this is, because I had never had a practice of my own. I had some business experience, but I'd never owned a practice. So, despite that, by the way, I feel like I was able to help people, because here's what it was, here's what I learned in those really early days of my career, that helping people in their practices was oftentimes, in fact, almost all the time, not really about having the right strategy, having the right tactic. It was helping them to process all the stories in their mind about what they could do, what they couldn't do, what they were capable of, what they were not capable of, who was going to judge them, who was not going to be judging them, how they were judging themselves, all of it. So I got an email one day sitting at my desk from an intern who had recently graduated. He had opened his practice. He was super excited to share with me the link to his website. And I was really excited to see it. So I opened the email, click on the link, check out his website. I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, it's pretty run-of-the-mill chiropractic website. Nothing too exciting about it, but this one thing caught my eye. What do you see here? His office hours, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., five days a week, plus 7 a.m., 7.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturdays. Okay, so I wanna clarify that when I saw this, and when I bring this to you now, if this is how you are doing things, and it's working for you, and you're happy, and you're healthy, and you feel great, and you bring your best to your people every day, awesome. But what I know is that when I look at this kind of schedule, what was going through his mind was, I have to be available all the time. And it wasn't just about the schedule. It was about that sense of scarcity and lack that so many of us come from. And if I looked at this kind of schedule for his office hours, when does he eat? When does he go to the bathroom or take a shower or sleep? When does he exercise? And I knew this person, so I knew all those things are important to him. He eats a lot of food, still to this day. <laughs> like the most food I've ever seen anyone eat, okay? But 
He wasn't accounting for any of those things because he, like I, excuse me, in those early days had that repeating message of be available to everyone as much as possible. Work as hard as you can all the time. And don't worry about taking care of yourself because there will be time for that later. But from my experience, when I started my own practice after leaving Logan, I didn't have a schedule like this. It was more like 10 to 7, 10 to 8. And I had a child at home. And I'd pick her up in the evening and drive home. She'd fall asleep on the way home. I'd carry her in the house and put her to bed. And we'd wake up the next morning and start the whole thing over again. I didn't make time for her. I didn't make time for myself or my husband. So, if you believe that you have to always be available, and you're feeling that way right now, like, okay, I do believe I have to always be available, like, I, should, I have a schedule that looks kind of like that. What's the alternative? The alternative is to always be congruent. Do what you say is important to you. So, living a chiropractic lifestyle doesn't start seven years down the road when your business has become successful. It starts today. And when you're congruent with that, you'll find that your patients will start to follow your lead. Even if you're not designing a schedule for them to live by, it's just what happens. Okay, number two. Measure yourself against others. How many are looking at this thinking, that seems like a good idea? <laughs> but yet, how many of you, let's stop, close your eyes. How many of you know that that's not <coughs> optimal, that you're gonna do it anyway? Two people are being honest right now. Three, okay, there we go, thank you. Okay, measure yourself against others. This picture is not supposed to be here. <laughs> Measure yourself against others. When I was, actually we can go back to this, because this is the clinic that I worked in at Logan. When I worked at Logan, my mentor drilled into me, drilled into me every day in residency, felt like, I want to say felt like being in the military, but I've not been in the military. It just felt like, Every day, I am being worn down and sometimes felt degraded. And what I couldn't see at that time was that all that wearing down had a purpose. It was leading me somewhere. That somewhere was a whole lot different than what I expected it to be at that time. So here's a place that I worked in. One of the things that was drilled into me was treat and release. Now, I can tell you as a Logan graduate, the vibe here is way different. <laughs> okay? Way different. But, treat and release, treat and release. You get him better, you let him go. It was all symptom-based. And this is what I thought was optimal, because this is what was drilled into me every day, and it's what I signed myself up for. Okay? 
we spent 45 minutes sometimes, an hour with patients addressing them, doing all the rehab and all the modalities. Okay, and again, not a judgment if you practice that way, if it's working for you and people are getting well and your business is well, great. Keep doing what's working. But if it's not, let's talk about something further. So we were taught to follow the law of thirds of sports medicine, and it looked like this. When the patient starts care, treat them three times a week until they're 35% better. When they're 35% better, and you can imagine, if you're good with what you do, it happens pretty fast, <laughs> symptomatically, right? Then 35 to 65%, bring them down to two times a week. And then when they're 65 to 90% better, treat them one time a week. And I always asked, even though I felt like I wasn't supposed to, I always asked, what do we do when they get to that 90%-ish range of improvement in their symptoms? And the answer was always, you let them go. You release them from care. If there's no symptoms, there's no care. And something about that felt really weird to me. But who was I to think that? My mentor had 30 years of practice experience, and I had, like, none. So, if you measure yourself against others, as I was doing then, measuring myself in my early years of practice against what my mentor taught me was right, what happens? Well, I can tell you what happened to me. I felt so frustrated always being on this hamster wheel feeling of running every day, chasing new patients, getting nowhere, and the frustration that came along with knowing that someone's back pain was better, but their life may not have necessarily been a whole lot better. Not as better as it could have been if I was doing a better job of being congruent with what I believed was right. So the alternative, instead of measuring myself against what my mentor taught me was right, the alternative is to measure yourself against yourself. Are you getting better? Are you improving? Are you better than who you were yesterday? Or last week, last month, last year, last decade? Are you getting better? Are you improving? And sometimes, in order for you to get better, you have to unlearn things that are no longer working for you and just do what feels right. Okay, are you with me? All right, number three, rest when you die. Hustle, grind. That's a really popular message in the online entrepreneur space right now. It probably has been for a while. And it's easy because we can all work hard. That is how the world functions these days. People are gone all day at work, working at jobs that they don't like. They're super stressed out. They spend a lot of time sitting at the computer, sitting in the car, they get home, Maybe they eat dinner at home. Maybe they pick up something on the way home. They run their kids to activities all night. And they repeat this day in and day out. 
So, what is different and what is not necessarily easy is that we become more present. And we slow down and we take time now to rest. This was so hard for me. And it's taken me a lot of time and coaching to unlearn what it means to work hard and what it means to be a good mom. This is my grandma. She left her physical body in 2013. And my aunt next to her. I don't know what year this was, but my aunt was approximately 12. And just about four years later, she was injured in a cheerleading event. She had a fracture at C5. She became a quadriplegic. Today, she's 50 years old, maybe 49. Don't tell her I said 50. And she spent the majority of her life in a wheelchair. My grandma never once told me this, but what I deeply know is that my grandma had a ton of guilt about what happened to my aunt and how she spent the rest of her life. My grandma did all of the things for my aunt 24-7, 365, for the last 25 years of her life. She slept on a makeshift sofa in her family room so that she'd never deeply fall asleep. So that if my aunt called her in the middle of the night, she'd always hear her. She'd never get sound enough into sleep that my aunt might be calling and she wouldn't hear her. So for the last 25 years of her life, that's what she did. And that's what I saw from the time I was five until I was 30. That's what it means to be a good mom. You sacrifice yourself every day. This was my grandma just a few months before she passed away. And all that vibrancy that she had in that last photo was gone. And in fact, here, she wasn't able to speak any longer. And it was so frustrating to me because I'd go to visit her and she'd try to talk to me and all that came out were, it just sounded like noise. And then she'd get mad at me because I didn't understand. And what I knew then was that she wanted to tell me not to do things the way that she had done them. Because every time I saw her, she put her hand on my hand. She looked me in the eyes, and there were always tears. And she knew I had spent a lot of time with her. And I had learned from her. She is not resting. So, the alternative to rest when you die is to take care of yourself. How many of you are moms? Okay. How many of you are dads? Keep your hands up. Moms and dads. That's a lot of people in this room. Okay. Now, how many of you that have children that are raising feel that you're doing your absolute best to take care of yourself so that your children learn by watching you? There's a few hands, but definitely less. Okay, so it starts today. 
for me, for you, that we take care of ourselves now so that our future generations know that it's okay to do that. And that they are able to live the healthy lives that we want them to have. All right, number four. Make sure you're affordable. Make sure you're affordable. Anyone ever been told that or thought that? Make sure you're affordable. Because if you're too expensive, people won't keep coming back or they won't come at all. Here's the thing. If we're only focused on the symptoms, what is someone investing in? Are they investing in their back pain going away or their headaches going away? Now I'll tell you, having been a migraine sufferer for a long, long, long time, I'd pay a lot of money for them to never be an issue again or for them to not have affected my childhood. However, my parents didn't feel the same way. Are we solving a big enough problem? Are you solving a big enough problem? in your local community right now. And if you're feeling like you have to be affordable, there might be some work to do on your certainty about what it is that you're really doing with your practice members in your office every day. So the alternative to being affordable is to make sure that you're worth it. This is obvious in that we have great training to do what we do with our hands. We have to also invest in our skill to communicate what we do with our communities. And it's not just about what we do, it's why we do it. But what is the result for them? What really changes in their lives? And I'm gonna go so far as to say that just telling them they'll reach their optimal performance, their peak performance, their optimal potential is not enough. Those are just words that are blanketed across everyone. But if you can connect with one person after the next person, after the next person, after the next person, you can clearly help them see what will change in their lives when they are able and willing to follow your recommendations, they're gonna be a lot more likely to invest in themselves. All right, lastly, be professional. Gosh darn it. Be professional. This picture, is of one of my former interns at Logan. He asked to take a picture with the other resident and I at that time, who was getting ready for graduation. And I said, sure, yeah, okay. So we took this nice photo, professional, right? And then we took the one you already saw. <laughs> Not quite as professional, just having fun and being silly. But this is the thing about this photo. When I look back at it, that I see, that still feels relevant to me today. When you allow yourself to just 
be you. This is your optimal performance. The alternative to being professional is to be you. If that means you're silly, if that means that you have a lot of fun in your office, people in your community need that. They need you to set the example for them that it's okay to show up today, stand on a stage and say, I don't feel my best right now, but I'm going to give you what I have. I'm going to give you the best I have right now. And it's okay to have fun. It's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay to rest. It's okay to not always be available. Remember, your business supports your lifestyle. And your lifestyle supports your business. So if you're in this for the long run, which I hope that you are, because the world really does need us, be confident that you have something that is important just by being who you already are. Okay, thank you. for joining us today on the Aligned Women podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.